Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning. God bless you, friends. Thank you for tuning in. And it's still a happy new year, I hope, just a couple days in to the new year. John Haller is back with us because there's so much that we didn't get to last week. If you missed that podcast, Focus on Israel, Prophecy, and the World Order on Cliff's Edge. Go check out that podcast. There's so much to review from the last year and so much to just look ahead to in terms of the biblical perspective and our worldview and what could be coming down the road. We have a lot more information to go on now. But before I do that, I want to thank you for sharing our podcasts. On to John Haller, who is an elder and a teacher known for his weekly prophecy updates. He was a trial lawyer for almost 40 years, and now he is at Fellowship Bible Chapel in Ohio, FBC YouTube channel. Check it out. you got to catch up with some of his uh, updates if you haven't. John, welcome back to the podcast, brother. Good to be back again, David. Yeah, it's been been so long since we talked. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it was just just recently. <laughs> yeah, it seems like we just talked earlier today. But anyway, we're going to talk about, uh, eventually, we'll get to your trip in Israel. We did talk a lot about that last week. But we also have to mention some disturbing but not surprising, yeah, it's not surprising news about the American church, belief in God at historic lows, but the mega church. A movement seems to be growing. We'll talk about that and what that means, but we'll focus on global uh, politics and uh, um, looking at this from a biblical worldview, what's happening around the world, kind of looking back to last year and how, well, you know, the calendar continues. We're still here. The world is still spinning. So there are things that are going to be taking place in 2023. Um, The chaos uh, will continue. It will intensify. Um, this push to the global of global government, the sustainable development goals, they're going to keep trying to drive that agenda. Uh, the energy crises where some are experiencing, we're going to see more of that. Technocracy, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Israel, Mark of the Beast technology, and even the January 6th committee, we didn't get a chance to really talk about that with you last week. So, John, as we look at What's been happening in the recent year or two heading into, as we're into a new year, 2023, where would you like to start? Well, maybe we can start, sort of build on an interview that you did a couple weeks ago with uh, Patrick Wood okay, uh, about technocracy and transhumanism. And, and I, you know, I, I, I think I mentioned to you when we were talking before the show that it's, it's very interesting how we sort of all get connected together at some point. Uh, I, I think I mentioned before, you know, you have Gary Kaw on regularly, and uh, Gary, we, Gary and I met about 10 years ago. I had him come to a conference here in Ohio, and I'd not known him, but we found out that we were actually working in the same building in huh. downtown Indianapolis for several years, and his office was like two floors directly below mine, That's and so funny. we probably passed each other on the elevator, and then we met like, and so I'd read him, I was familiar with him, and I got to meet him meet him. And then I had a, a mutual friend, uh, Patrick and I have a mutual friend and uh, that's how I met Patrick. And they came to Ohio to get some things done on a, a, a trailer or RV that they had at the time. And uh, they ended up spending, I don't know, three, four or five days a week. I don't remember how long it was, but we had some great conversations. And, and, and so, so what I got from Patrick uh, and, and, and last week before we did the show, I, Thought, well, I better I better listen to that show just so I know a little bit of what you've been talking about. And I played it and then I couldn't get back to sleep <laughs> because it, it's it's kind of disturbing. And, and so we have this whole transhumanism technocracy thing. And ultimately behind it is this desire of people to build this utopian society. Mm-hmm. But we always always know that the, the people who in history have wanted to build these utopian societies have been tyrants and not tolerant of people who oppose them and they want to control everything because they know the best way. And so there's this huge religious, 
actually there's the satanic religious aspect yep. behind this transhumanism and that type of thing. And so over the past several years, actually going back half a decade or more with the World Economic Forum pushing this technocracy and that type of thing, is what these people really want to do is, and, and they've said this, and some of them have said this, they want to build the kingdom of God on earth. Now, on the evangelical side, when, when we see people do that, we call them dominionists and that type of thing. That, And, and it seems to be a group of people in the church who will we'll build the kingdom. And I saw people talking about it this morning. And if you remember, there were all of these prophecies coming out of that dominionist wing mm-hmm. of the church. And, and, and I'm not saying they're not saved, okay? Some of them are saved. Some of them are deep into very bad apostasy, apostasy stuff, and people, and they just can't see it. But they're, um, <clears throat> they want to build this kingdom. So there are all these prophecies that Trump was going to take office. Uh, there's a lady, Kat Kerr, she's got pink hair, and you know she was saying that Trump's really in charge now, and he's controlling everything. And I see oh, this geez. undercurrent in a lot of things. Uh, there was a theory a number of years ago that there were, it started out with 3,000 sealed indictments of people, you know, we're going to take down the deep state, and all these people are going to be tried. There's going to be trials at, at Gitmo. There's going to be this. And and now that number, by the way, the last I saw it a year ago, the sealed indictments number had gone up to uh, 300,000. Now, I'm a lawyer. I know how an indictment works, and that doesn't happen. What do you mean? Well, it takes years to put an indictment together. You're not going to get 300,000 indictments in two or three years. And we've not seen anything happen. Nobody's going to jail. And so these, all these prophecies about Trump retaking office and coming back into, they were false prophecies. Yep. And so we need to stop listening to this. So that's sort of the dominionist wing who thinks we're going to change everything. We're going to build the kingdom. But on the secular side, it's, it's very much a religion driven thing. It's a, it's a satanic religion that that we're going to substitute for God. And as I think Patrick pointed out in your program a couple weeks ago, this goes back to the Tower of Babel in Genesis 10, 11, where they thought they were going to build this tower to God. They had the technology and they could build a great tower to the heavens and they would control everything. And, you know, the, the reference in the Bible says that, you know, God, I have to intervene because these people will think that there's nothing impossible for them. Mm-hmm. Well, now fast forward to this, you know, 6,000 years into the future, <clears throat> where we are right now with this transhumanism and technocracy thing. And it's a religion. Yep. Um, and so th- they have all of these different ideas. And just so what we've seen is the beginnings. I first started talking about Yuval Harari at least five years ago, maybe six years ago, 2017, 2018, he spoke at the World Economic Forum. And while I think Patrick Wood in your program correctly noted, he's a middle uh, medieval history historian professor, but he takes that knowledge and he relates it to the future and layers on top of this an evolution, secular transhumanist thing on top of it. And and he made a very interesting comment in that Davos talk. I think it was 2018. And the talk was, what does it mean to be human? Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, so we're at this point with the way the technology is developing. And it has over the last five years, tremendous strides have been made. Yes. What does it mean to be human? And so when, when we were, he says, when in the Middle Ages, the serfs, you know, the lowest level of society, they provided a service to the, um, to the Lord of the manor. So he kept them around. He fed them, gave them, you know, minimal quarters to live in. But he says, now we're getting to the point with technology and robots and that type of thing, where they're going to be people who have no value to add to society. And what are we going to do with them then? Hmm. 
And so I think I think you see the beginnings of that. I mentioned this in the last program, and people always go like, "Oh, I can't believe that you you don't understand demographics." World populations are collapsing. Japan lost a million people in population last year. China had the one-child policy, probably 500 million forced abortions. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the forced abortion that takes away that child. It's every child that that child would have and those children. And so you're taking away your ability to reproduce. And so China's population is, is dropping. And, and, and now it's hard to think of this in terms of, well, it's 1.4 billion people. But you project this out at the trend that's going and they may be half the population that they are now mm. by 2050 or 2060. And I know people will say, well, they'll turn it around. They'll figure, Listen, they've been trying for 40 years to turn it around, and it's not working. There was an article in the Tehran Times, and the reason why it was in the Tehran Times, which is a government-controlled newspaper in, in Iran last year, it said that the Iranian population had had the fastest decline in the in the fertility rate of any country in human history that was in wow. that was in the Iranian government huh. publication now why would they do that well part of the reason is they want to turn it around they want to tell people it's good to have children and so there are not a lot of the countries in Africa they're they're growing uh, we only grow or stay the same because of immigration here in the United States Europe's declining. Hmm. And now I, I'm reading statistics that among male populations, sperm rates are down 50 percent. Hmm. Wow. The, the sperm that they produce. And, and something is going on. And I mean, you know, look, I'm 68. I know you're not that old, but I, I look around with friends who have children, male children that are in their 30s and they're not married. And, you know, by the time I was in my mid-30s, I was approaching 15 years of marriage. And so this is just like one generation this has changed, or two right. generations this has changed. And it's like, what is going on? Hmm. Um, and, and so this has a huge impact on society and what they can do. Now you see there are companies. Now, I don't think this country has uh, has actually put this into place yet, but um, uh you know, second, I want to check something. So they have these uh, company called Echolabs, and they've put out this video. I played a little bit of it last week, and it's very interesting the the language that they use when they're they're talking about what they're doing. So the video is artificial wombs. Yep. And during the video, they show these kids, they show the placenta, and they're, they're, they, you know, they propose a facility where we'll have 30,000 of these artificially inseminated children. And you can go to work, and your baby will grow in the lab, and then you can come get your kid. And, but the language they use is very interesting because they say, you'll be able to have a child without the birth pains. Wow. Without the labor contractions. Now, let me just put that in an end time scenario. One of the things that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, when he was talking about this period of time that we appear to be entering, he mm-hmm. said that it will, there will be birth pangs. And so now the, the, the thing that Jesus said, this is what it's going to be like. It's going to, there are going to be contractions. They're going to get closer. They're going to be more intense, you know, and then eventually, you know, the end is there. They're sort of trying to remove that biblical example. Uh, let me give you another example. And this came up, uh, I mentioned in the last program, I went to the Christian Media Summit. Uh, they invite journalists, media people from all over the world. Uh, there were about 120 there from 50 countries. This was put on by the government press office in Israel. And they just had a Jewish Media Summit this week. So they sort of appeal to different constituent groups. And they come and they you know, they tell us about Israel, what's going on, archaeology, how they fight terrorism. It's, it's a fascinating time to kind of get a perspective. Mm-hmm. But 
one of the guys who spoke there was a, a business guy, very well known in Israel, and they were talking about the Abraham Accords and the peace agreements that they love these and it's there's huge economic component. And while they were talking about we're going to do fifty billion dollars with the United Arab Emirates, they're now talking in the decade that the the trade between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, which is a Muslim country, could approach a trillion dollars. Uh, it's like 25% of the world's startup companies now come from Israel. They have these uh, financial people called unicorns, you know, the people that you don't really think exist, but they help fund these companies. Israel, by its percentage of world population, should have one. They have a hundred. Hmm. But he made a very interesting comment in there about, he talked about plant, plant-based, you know, growing meat through plants and labs and all this stuff, which doesn't sound very appealing to me, but you know, they're, they're fully on board with it. They're fully on board with the green agenda and that type of thing. And they're pushing it. But then he said, we're, we're going to do these brain chips like Neuralink. We're going to help fund this synchron. There are two companies. Uh, Elon Musk company is called Neuralink. Uh, Synchron is funded in large part by Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos from Amazon. And they, Neuralink did a presentation recently, and Synchron did a TED Talk about six months ago. And then the guy in Israel talked about it, and they all use sort of the same language. Hmm. So if you look at the Neuralink presentation, they talked about, we're going to do good things with this. And, and then in the presentation in Israel... The guy goes, we're going to put a chip in somebody who has ALS, and the lame will walk. And it was exactly what was said in wow. the Neuralink presentation. The lame will walk. The blind will see. The deaf will hear. And listen, I have a great niece who's deaf. I pray that she gets to experience the beauty of sound and that type of thing in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like it absent a miracle that it will happen. But and, and I'm not against medical technology. I have four artificial joints that allow me to live a reasonably normal life because, you know, I had bad arthritis. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that and it, there's a the Neuralink presentation was about three hours long, but there's a 25 minute mashup of it. And look at the look at the progression and they show like stick figures walking. And they, they talk about an ALS guy, and then they talk somebody blind or somebody who has ALS. Uh, the TED Talk for Synchron, they showed a guy uh, totally paralyzed, cannot use his hands, who just, they put a chip in him, an p- implant. And there's dozens of people that have these implants now yep. in the world. And they're in uh, FDA trials. He, they showed the tweets that he was sending just by thinking it in his brain. Mm-hmm. His computer would type. Wow. Out what he was thinking. But the point of this is that there's coming this world leader that has lying signs and wonders. And we don't know exactly how that plays out. But when you look at the Neuralink presentation, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. They're removing God. They're they're putting themselves in the place of God. And remember when John the Baptist sent his disciples to Jesus, I don't know, Matthew 5, 7, I can't remember the exact passage, said, are you the one or should we look for another? Are are you the Messiah? And Jesus said, you go back and you tell John, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. Hmm. Those were messianic signs that Satan seems to be setting up these technology companies to um, to replace him. So, so there's um, and so it's coming. So Joe Allen, uh, I think he was raised Southern Baptist. I think he might be a believer, but he's talking about you know Synchron, uh, BlackRock Neurotech. Uh, DARPA, Neuralink, all these things that are trying to do. And he has an article on his Substack at Singularity Weekly called Hardwired for Control. The brain-computer interface is already here. Hmm. 
and his subtitle is Neuralink is ready to stick chips in humans. Syncon and BlackRock Neurotech have already done it, as have many others. Yeah. So it, this is here. Yes. And and it's this thing to imitate uh, the power of God. So uh, that, John, that, that we, really we, only had that Jesus only really had. Yeah, we've got to take our first break already. Um, boy, that went by fast. I don't want to just skim over ectolabs and this this video that I saw last week or two weeks ago, artificial wombs where you can basically create a baby. Babies now can be created without using a, a woman. We need to talk about that, how that's, at least they say that's a coming reality, and we've got to cover a whole lot more, including some signs that are proving that we could really see a more harsh winter and economic meltdown uh, continuing in the year, plus church-going, belief in God, historic lows as we move through 2023. What could be happening? We've got to come right back with John Haller and continue on these important topics on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Back with John Haller, recently returned from Israel a few weeks ago, an amazing trip. We talked a lot about that in our podcast last week with John, and I'd encourage you to look that up where uh, we talked about his trip and, and just the perspective of what people in Israel and Jerusalem go through when there's you know, the sirens go off, and you know, it's just really astounding when it comes to how we are so comfortable here in America. But John, we, we've got to finish up these few thoughts here on technology and um, artificial wombs. There are a lot of people that have never heard of this. You and I, you know, have tried to keep up with the headlines and the technology, and we're going, wow, not surprising. But they're really trying to replace God. We made that point. Um, what else are your thoughts? And, and, and explain this video where they showed all of these man-made wombs with actual babies inside and how they are connected somehow through the umbilical cord. Um, explain this briefly, and then we'll move on. Yeah. Well, of course, the social media fact checkers are already on. I was like, well, this is not really, this hasn't been implemented yet. That's not the point. Yeah. How many of the things that have been talked about that, the conservatives and, and uh, libertarians and that type of thing have expressed concerns about have come true in the last three years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is so January 4th. Uh, how far are we going to get into this year before we long for the good old days of 2022? <laughs> and, and, and I do this every year and it's like, it, it used to be, you know, a month or two. And then 2021, it was you know, almost right away. And then 2022 was almost right away. And then it's going to be, and I don't think we're going back. Everybody that I talk to that looks at this, we don't go back. So this Ectolab thing, I'm going to tell you just a quick personal story. Sure. There's a Netflix uh, video out right now. I don't have a Netflix subscription. I was talking oh, to the lady who cuts my hair. She says, I saw this, you know, I mentioned to her that Pam and I were an infertile couple. Uh, Pam had uh, five operations in two years. Four of those were performed by a fertility doctor in Indianapolis. And she goes, oh, you know, I just saw this Netflix video about a fertility doctor in Indianapolis. And instead of using the husband's sperm, he was using his sperm to artificially inseminate these eggs. And it was, boy, the guy was really out of control. Well, that was our doctor that wow. Pam and I went to for years Wow. And and so the, and the Atlantic had done a big article on it. I think the, the Netflix video is called Our Father. And we were never into the artificial insemination thing. So mm -hmm. that, that never affected us because of other issues that we had. And um, But what they found out is was people were putting in their DNA stuff in like Ancestry or whatever it is. And what they found out was like they had like matches of people like five miles away or in the same school, or going to the same college, living in the same dorm. And they started looking at it, and it turns out, you know, this doctor had fathered, I don't know, 65 to 100 kids that they know of. Oh, my goodness. And, and of course, they were all going to this doctor in northwest Indianapolis. Now, he's been, you know, taken as license, taken away everything. And he was a great guy. I mean, he was – it just shows you that there's this – you know, people intend things for good, but there's this abuse that happens because 
we fallen human beings kind of get in the way. Mm-hmm. And so the concern with this growth in technology, and believe me, we're on the cusp of even more if we get into quantum computing, which is hard to understand. And I've mentioned 15 minutes away from my house are these giant server farms from Google, Amazon, Facebook, and they're building uh, Intel plant there. They're going to spend, the projection is $100 billion to build a chip plant here in central Ohio, plants. And they'll be the largest on the planet. Um, But what happens when bad people get control of these things? And uh, I I saw a uh, interview with uh, Whitney Webb. Uh, I think that's her name. She was on Glenn Beck's program and then some other podcasts. And she talked about how the World Economic Forum uh, Klaus Schwab goes to Harvard a few years ago and he says, well, you know, half of the government of Canada are graduates of my school. And we know that New Zealand has a bunch and, and we have a bunch here. Yep. Uh, Macron went to it. I think Putin went to it for crying out loud. And, um, I'm not sure about him, but I, I know he's been tied into the world economic forum too. They all, they all are. And he says, you know, half the government of Canada, well, this was like the young leadership council or something at Harvard University. Well, that was funded by a local, and the initial funding of that came from a local billionaire named Les Wexner, who started Limited, Victoria's Secret, Bath and Body Works, who, the guy who lived next door, who managed his money for a while was a guy named Jeffrey Epstein, hmm. lived right 15 minutes from my house. So there's, do you see how all this stuff is connected? Yeah. And, and when you start unpacking it, it gets very scary. So, so Ectolabs is putting this stuff out now. The Facebook fast or the, all the fact checkers on social media say, "Well, it's not really it hasn't happened yet." That's that's not the point. Right, right, right. The point is that now, when people are thinking of these ideas, they're actually putting them into fruition. And so, with the Neuralink thing, and the guy who's doing the business presentation at the Christian Media Summit in Jerusalem says the lame walk. It like like knocks me off my chair almost. Yeah. Did, what does this mean and what are they doing and how does this all work out? And we're, we're entering a very, well, not entering. I think we're in a very dark period yeah, we where are. people in power are going to take control of all of this stuff. Yeah. And what's more fascinating about this period that we're in, John, is the decades and decades of the church, the watchmen on the wall, the shepherds uh, being relatively silent on issues that we discuss and that we try to keep up with. Um, and that kind of will take us into this next transition of the American church where the mega churches seem to be surging and growing, but yet the biblical illiteracy among professing Christians is the lowest it's ever been, and among Americans, really, the belief in God. And there's a new um, new research that has come off come out that's not surprising, and I'll just give you the give the bullet points and then you can elaborate a little bit. Church membership and church attendance um, all declined during the pandemic years, of course. Belief in God also declined. Um, in-person church attendance plummeted by 45% in the pandemic. That's almost half, and at least one-fifth of Americans today embrace no religion at all. Of course, they, they're referred to as nuns. And a lot of people, John, in this same uh, survey, a lot of people have not returned to church. I, I think it's, um, where's the percentage? Um, belong to churches, they have not returned. I'll, I'll look for that in a minute. But I'll just allow you to just talk about this, because we're in a very uh, interesting period re- in religion and in American Christianity. Look, I used to go to a mega church, and uh, the church I go to now, Fellowship Bible Chapel, has about 70 or 80 people. And so it, it was interesting, the headline of this, which was at The Hill, uh, a yeah. political publication, <laughs> uh, Changing America, Church Going and Belief in God Stand in Historic Lows Despite a Mega Church Surge. And I would, I would maybe make the argument that it might be because of a mega church surge. And, and so what's happened is, and, and we have this pressure that we feel at Fellowship Bible Chapel, we would like to reach kids more. So when, when we started our kids, we just decided as a leadership that we think kids need to be in church. I mean, I think I mentioned my last program, my friends, I was at Shabbat dinner with them, the Orthodox Jews, and the way their kids engaged with the text was just, it was very humbling. Mm. 
that because I don't see that in the church. And so we decided when we started Fellowship Bible Chapel 10 years ago that we're going to, if, if you're six or above, unless there's some other reason, you're going to be in church. And it's like, well, the, the, like, listen, we all, I grew up that way. Well, maybe that's not a, a good uh, advertisement. Look how I turned out. Maybe that's not <laughs> the best way to, to put that. But, but it didn't, didn't hurt us. It didn't damage us or anything like that. But now, you know, and, and I have friends that go, there's a big church. They just opened about a $10, $11 million, $12 million building near us. And they have like the indoor playgrounds and all this stuff. And so those of us who, you know, people come to our church with kids and it's like, well, where's, where's the playground, you know, for the kid? Well, this is church. Exactly. And we're going to teach them. And, and it just, I, I, I don't think we require enough of our kids. And so I think that the mega churches actually contributed to that. Now there are some fantastic mega churches and yes. you know them and I know them. Yes. You have some of their pastors on the, the your program. So, but, but there's a competition. It's sort of like, well, do we need to do that? And it's just and the money and all this other stuff kind of gets in the way. And we decided we're not going to do that. And so we don't have much of a kid. Well, we have a kid's program, but you know, we don't have a huge number of kids. We don't have hundreds of kids coming to it. Well, we've, and we've it's very difficult to do that. Well, we've heard the, just the horror stories of the low biblical world worldview of youth pastors. I think it's at 13, 12 or 13 percent of the um, America's youth pastors have a biblical worldview. That's horrific. And so these are the young men that are, that are teaching your children. If you're, if you have your kids in a youth group at church. So you, that's not the way to go. If you want your kids to mature, if you want to, them to learn the Bible, if you want them to learn discipleship, but if you want them to be entertained, by all means, if you want them just to have fun and think church is a fun place and we just goof off and, and you know, and that's unfortunately a lot of youth pastors have to say, how can I keep the kids occupied for an hour? That's not the question you should ask. It's it's what can I teach them to grow them in their faith and John, I would love for you to comment on that before we move on. Listen, we know that uh, one of the things that's talked about that's going to grow in the end times is this apostasy. Yes, and it's a departure from the faith. It's a it's a turning away. Uh, and I think a, a good example: the book. Um, you know, we have the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, and then we have the book of Jude, which I've heard described as the Acts of the Apostates. And, 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 you know, because Jude starts out saying, I, I wanted to write to you about this common salvation that we have, and it's so wonderful, it's so fantastic, but I have to talk about this, because people are are coming in, you know, these wolves are coming in, uh, and it, it's endemic in the church. Uh, you know, I mentioned, I think last program, somebody trying to invite me to a prophecy conference, and they're looking for churches, could we hold a prophecy conference here? And they're like, no, no, it's just, it's just kind of a downer. It's not a downer. Guess this is complete, full, beautiful fellowship with the Lord. Um, and, and I just think, you know, and there's a thinking in the Bible prophecy community that the rapture will happen and then things will get really bad. Well, I mean, I'm sort of of the mind that I think that's going to happen. But if it happens during a church service, I'm afraid now when I look at all these statistics, the rapture happens, and it's going to be. Hey, did anybody see? Did Joe get up and go to the bathroom? You know, because everybody's still going to be there, and there's only going to be a few people missing. And they're going to say, "Well, did they? Did they go to get their kid? <laughs> did they go to the restroom or something? Mm. Or they go out and get a drink?" And it may not be the big event that we think that we hope it is. Yes, and we have a lot of work to do. I think is the mm. what all of these statistics show us, and it's. Would John? Can we transition? Because we're sure. still we're talking about the church in America. So let's talk about um, where we used to be as a country. Meaning that belief in God was pretty much a universal thing in previous generations. It was part of American identity. And this guy in this article said um, to be a communist was to be an atheist, and to be an American was to be a Christian, a person of faith. Now let's talk about the J6 committee and how they have made patriotism a bad thing. And one of the reasons, obviously, for the committee was to, to attack Trump and prevent him from further influence in America and keep him from running. But another reason was to put all professing Christians in this basket of 
dangerous Christian nationalists. So your White thoughts on yeah, your thoughts on that, and and now let's talk about the J six committee. Well, th- there's been this desire of through social media and the government conspiring with social media to control what's said, to control the narrative, and they. I'm sure I've mentioned on this show, you know, in 2021, the FBI tweeted out after the Biden administration took over, the FBI comes out and says, we need to be on the lookout for homegrown violent extremism. And then what they mean is white Christians who are nationalists, as if that's something very bad. Well, they've they've defined (laughs) it to be a bad thing now, or they've redefined nationalism. And by the way, the same thing is going on in Europe. I mean, the same thing went on in Canada with the truckers who were protesting some of the rules. The government came in through yeah. these World Economic Forum trained people, uh, uh, the the economic minister and, and, and de- deputy prime minister and Trudeau, and they, they debanked the people who were contributing to the truckers that lived in Canada. You, you just had your accounts shut down. It's kind of hard to function in the world without money. And and this is the, the, the big concern. So I just see that this is a trend that's going to continue to grow this year. I don't know how you dial it back. Um, and, and, and so the FBI, when they did their thing on homegrown violent extremism, they used pictures in their tweet that came from the, the Islamic terrorism report that they put out a year or two before. Wow. They used the exact same picture, planes mm. flying into buildings and that type of thing. In other words, you're just the same as them. And and so now if you oppose them, I, this transgender thing, which I think is tied to the transhumanism thing, which is clearly against God. Jesus said when he had the opportunity, God made them male and female. And now we, we don't even agree with that in our culture by and large now. And if you oppose it, you're going to get even today there were people uh, there was a there's a, a gay group that is against the transgender thing. Uh, it's called gays against groomers yeah <laughs> and they they banned the late the the homosexual lesbian doctor who founded that group because she said that you know this is this is nonsense essentially oh you're misgendering somebody we had this rachel levine or whatever his name is who is the undersecretary of health and human services an admiral i guess now hmm. and and he was talking about, well, you know, I'm glad I didn't transition until I had children, but he wants to make the available for kids. You know, I saw in Maine that, well, I forget what country it is, Spain. Spain said, uh, if you're 14, you can decide to transition to a different sex. And if you're 12 or 13, we, we can go to the courts and get approval for that. In Maine, they were transitioning a gal socially a young lady, and they, her parents didn't even know about it. They were doing it at school. And so what, you know, we have men in female prisons now, and they're raping women and yeah, impregnating and, and, women. And that's true. John, you're not exaggerating. That's been documented. There have been stories that have come out in different prisons that uh, men have been doing that, and then, oh, they, then they move them to solitary or whatever. But this is just the insanity that the culture is trying to, to keep up with and there is no resolution and as you said earlier i agree there is no going back so the this j6 committee is spending millions of taxpayer dollars and most of us think it's a waste of money most and even some honest you know fair-minded you know democrats or or liberals or leftists are going wait a minute can can we just use this money in a better way than this committee. We've got to come right back with John Haller and continue on these important topics on Stand Up for the Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up for the Truth with David Fiorazzo. All right, friends, welcome back. Let's jump right into it with John Haller. Talk to us about the J6 committee and the leftist agenda. 
Well, certainly the narrative on the left, uh, I would highly recommend people, if you're trying to get off coffee and you need something to get you going in the morning, turn on MSNBC, Morning <laughs> Joe, and watch them, because that'll get your adrenaline going uh, in about three minutes. So, and you'll save all that money on coffee. Um, that's what I do. And, uh, of course, my, until my wife gets up and then it's a little like, well, you shut that thing off. <laughs> and it's like we live in two different planets, mm. but it's like, it's not like, you know, 80% believe one way and 20% the other way. Everything is like 50-50 everywhere. So I, I saw this in Israel when I was there. And it's all this to create the narrative to make the other guys look like they're these extremists. So with regard to, and maybe we can transition over to Israel now. Sure. Uh, because I think there's some things we need to talk about there. But Well, there are parallels, as the, you said. Yeah, the the narrative is, you know, Israel's a bunch of terrorists, oppressors, colonialists, that type of thing. And, you know, I, I was in one of their homes last two weeks ago, and they're not, okay? They care about their kids. They, they believe that the Zionists, the conservative Zionists there that are orthodox, not ultra-orthodox, a lot of them don't even believe in the nation-state of Israel. They, they're against it. But the Orthodox, who are Zionists, who are living in the biblical lands where their their ancestors lived, and this was their great hope that they've come back to restore this, they're portrayed as these extremist racists. So I sat with this guy at his home, and we had this wonderful time, and we talked about these things, and we had a great dinner and all this stuff. And so I, I see him put up a video the other day, and immediately, like, oh, that guy's just a racist, fascist pick. And that was some of the nice things that they said. Uh-huh. And if you want to understand where humanity is, like go to Twitter and find a post of somebody who's a conservative who posts something that you agree with and read through the thread. Yeah. Wow. And read. I mean, it. it's like there's no breaks on. It's like the world without breaks now. And so sort of the focal point of this is, and I think this is the epicenter, this is where we know these Bible prophecies are largely going to be fulfilled is in the Middle East, in Israel, in the land that God said. Listen, they took us on some archaeological, down to the city of David, archaeological dig. In fact, there's an article on this morning's Jerusalem Post that they're going to excavate the Pool of Siloam. I think they bought all the land. So when I was there, not even two weeks ago, they were talking about, well, we hope to get this. And you can see we've stood there and touched the Pool of Siloam. And, and there's this processional road that they want to open, and they want millions of people to be able to walk this from the Pool of Siloam up to the Temple Mount, just like millions of pilgrims did back in the time of Jesus. And the question is, how, how does this, why is this important? Let me tell you just a quick story. So we're this fantastic guide there. I cannot remember his name. I apologize for that. And there's flagstones on this processional road. And he says, we want millions of people to walk this and experience this, just like the pilgrims in the time of Jesus did, the Jews did, when they went up to the Temple Mount for festivals. They would come and bathe in the Pool of Siloam. It was like a giant mikvah, uh, and they ritually, you know, they would purify themselves and they would walk. But the flagstones in one part are broken. He goes, well, why are they broken? He goes, well, we figured out that they were broken by the Roman soldiers because there were about 2,000 Jews hiding out here when Rome was taking, destroying Jerusalem in uh, the year 70. Hmm. And he said, there's a drainage channel right under where you're, where you're standing right now. And they were hiding there. And so they broke through the stones and slaughtered them. Wow. He said, uh, a couple of years ago, this is the guide speaking on me. He said, I came here with my father who now lives in Jerusalem, he was shuttled between through 11 concentration camps in World War II. Mm. And he wanted to go down in the drainage channel because I wanted to relive the fear and terror that my forefathers felt when they were here in Jerusalem. And, um, And what I felt as I was shuttled through these concentration camps. And he says, listen, folks, where you are standing right now, this is where Jerusalem ended in 70 AD. These people had hoped to maybe escape to Masada, and we know what happened right. to Masada. Yeah. So it just it was a fascinating thing, and they they found a I think they found a coin there. 
it was called a coin that said for the hope of Zion. It was minted by the rebels during this Roman occupation time. Wow. And it was like, we're going to come back. And so we've seen them come back, this miraculous return. I know Jim Fletcher talked with you about this recently. Mm-hmm. And we're watching this happen. We're watching these archaeological sites. Just real quick, they find these seals every now and then that have a name on them. So they found a seal. I think this was up around the Temple Mount. And it was the exact name as was one of the scribes that's mentioned in the book of Jeremiah or in Chronicles. The exact date. But there were four scribes named. But what did the secular archaeologists say? Oh, that's that's nothing. That that's that's like John Smith. That's a very common name. Go forward a few years later. Same area they find another seal, which is the name of one of the other guys in the same verse. And so there's all this stuff that confirms hmm the uh, the history of the Bible, but it's being brought about by Jews, Orthodox Zionists who believe that they should return to the land. And now, listen, they're not perfect, okay? Nobody, nobody's saying that this is the be-all and end-all. Right, right. And so as I watch the discussion go forth between Jews and Christians, this is my view. There is coming. We talk about the Great Reset. I'm telling you is I think we as Christians, we need to be talking about the great reconciliation that's coming between Jews and Christians. And I think it's coming and there's a lot of disagreement about how that's going to work out and what that looks like. But I think we need to be preparing ourselves for that because I think we're living at that time. John, I think we should transition here. There are also some concerns in this year, 2023, about uh, things which are indicating uh, an economic meltdown I'm just going to point out a couple things, and you can take it wherever you'd like. I sure. see the home costs, home construction costs are rising. I see existing home sales down 35% in one year. In November, the largest decline in retail sales. Uh, it's just things that we're looking at. I go down through this list, but just your thoughts on where we're at. A lot of people are concerned about the economy and what could happen. Well, it's hard to say is because... Uh, first of all, those of us who are in Bible prophecy and stuff like that, I think we need to be humble enough to admit that nobody really called the last three years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we sort of had some general ideas. That's right. But, but nobody was really, that I know of, was very specific. And that just shows this convergence and acceleration. And the thing is happening in the economy. So we have a tremendous disruption in the supply chain uh, of goods and services. Uh, China right now is, I've heard that there could be 300 million people come down with Charlie Vector 019er this mm-hmm. month. Um, I've heard that they could have a million people die from it this month mm. uh, because they've largely kept people locked down over the last few years, and now they don't have herd immunity. And so now everybody's out and about. They've just sort of lifted all the restrictions all of a sudden. They were locking people in plants. They were welding them in their apartments so they wouldn't get out. Now, all of a sudden, they can get out and about, but nobody's been exposed to things. So nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. Let's pray that it's not as bad as it could be. But you have food disruptions. You have the energy disruption coming from the war between Russia and Ukraine. Um, I was talking to somebody from the UK. Said I just talked to my wife last night. How's it going? What's the ener- our energy costs? He said they're up four or five times what they were a year ago. Our utilities. That has a huge economic impact on people. The fact is, there's an energy crisis in the world right now. Yes. Uh, there is uh, in in these green energy people and ESG people at BlackRock and Saudi Arabia and Russia are pushing this to get people to shift away from fossil fuels to green energy. And it just doesn't work. You need something that's on all the time. So I'm talking to a friend in the UK. He says, yeah, I'm paying five times what I did a year ago for utilities. And I called my wife and she's got everything turned down. She's sitting there in two sweaters, a parka and a coat, (laughs) a hat and gloves in our house because we're trying to save money so we can afford to eat. This, and this is happening. Now, fortunately, they've had a relatively mild winter in the UK, uh, in Europe, and large portions of Europe. Mm-hmm. But what's going to happen in a year? And then natural gas is a huge component. 
in manufacturing fertilizer. And so as a farmer friend of mine said, this year, you know, the fields have been fertilized year after year and the fertilizer is necessary to sort of cause the seed to germinate because of the way they've modified the seeds. And, but he says next year, we're not, are we going to be able to afford this stuff? Hmm. I mean, is it even going to be available? And the answer is we don't know. And so it could be like, a year or maybe two years down the road that this thing really hits in terms of a famine and, uh, and wealthy countries are going to be able to probably force it and, and buy it. But what about poor countries? Right. Uh, right. it's, I, I don't know. I, I'll, I look around the world right now and I see chaos everywhere and the economy, I don't know what's going to happen. I want to just mention a couple more things and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. But the federal reserve is even admitting that the number of actual jobs in the U.S. has been overstated by a million. Uh, also, Bloomberg survey, 70% of U.S. economists believe a recession will be happening this year. And overall, vegetable prices, for example, in the U.S., more than 80% higher than they were this time last year. And there's the cost of living. 63% of the U.S. population is now living paycheck to paycheck I want to give you an opportunity in the last couple minutes here just to encourage people to keep that biblical perspective as they just ask God for, for wisdom and understanding of the times and wisdom regarding what to do about what's happening. Well, um, you know, it's interesting when you talk about this, uh, about preparing. It's like, oh, well, don't you trust the Lord? I know that one of the, the great stories in the New Testament is Jesus walking on the water. Remember that? Yeah. But I think he only did it once. Every other time he took the boat, okay? And I think there's that while, you know, God can do miracles and that type of thing, and God can miraculously provide. I, I know my own case, okay? I'm not—I believe you need to contribute. And so, you know, I, I, we sort of use the tithe in our own life as, as a guide, 10%. And I, when I was in college, I didn't, didn't send any money to church or anything like that, Okay. And I got down to the point where uh, I lost my job hmm. uh, and I was getting married in a few months. So this is kind of a crisis thing. Uh, the, the factory I was working at just laid all of us college part-time workers off. And so I looked at my, I looked at how much I made that year and I looked at how much was in my bank account. And I'm just telling you this, it was 10% of what I'd made that year was sitting in my bank account. Hmm. Well, I would have $2 left. So I wrote a check to my church back in Pennsylvania. I went down, I put it in the post office, and I went back up to campus. So the check is in the mail. I got two job offers that afternoon. Oh, my goodness. Now, listen, so I, I think we need, to be, we need to be faithful to contribute to the work of the Lord. Yes, amen. And I know that that's difficult, but there is a big lesson there. And the Old Testament is replete, filled with stories about that, about how God will bless you if you do this. Now, you need to do it out of the right heart and attitude. But right. It does happen. Yep. But I also think you need to prepare. And when you say this a lot, oh, you don't just trust the Lord. You, you just need to trust the Lord. Listen, God gave you a brain. And I think, in, isn't it in Proverbs, it talks about, look at, look at the ants. The ants prepare. So, I mean, aren't you a little bit smarter than they are? And so I think we need to be putting stuff aside. Yes. And, and if you don't need it, then a neighbor you know, loses their job and stuff. You can go help them. Yes, we've got to be open to you know, that. So, so well. look, we have a, we have a home. We're, we were able to afford a whole house generator. And they're rolling blackouts. So we were thinking about this the other day. If the power goes out in our neighborhood, we're going to go invite our neighbors over. Because yep. we'll have heat and lights and that type of thing. Yeah. Love and, your neighbor, uh, friends. We actually might get to know them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, John, we got to wrap uh, it's, it up. It's hard and, to do that. Uh, thank you so much. It's been a blessing. And I'm, I'm thinking after doing a podcast last week and a podcast this week with you, we could do another one next week. But yeah. we, we will uh, do that to be continued, brother. God bless you and have a happy new year. Same to you, David. All right, friends. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.